chapter 15. Again, this Wednesday, I feel like I'm preparing you for the harvest. And uh, how many want to be involved in the harvest field? Amen. I really do. I feel like I'm preparing you. So I will teach what I feel the Lord has laid on my heart for tonight. You do not want to miss Sunday morning. God gave me a dream uh, last Friday night that I'll be talking about. And I'll be preaching a revelation that I have been waiting on since uh, last December. That God gave me a revelation of last week. And I had a dream the same night that I'll reveal to you. And uh, don't miss Sunday morning. It's going to be very, very, uh, I believe, very simple. It's nothing complex. And I've learned that what God wants us to do is always reasonable and very simple. How many know that? We make it complex. Uh, but what God has given me in a dream, I'm going to share with you. And I want you to be involved with that. Hearty amen. Uh, Luke 15, uh, verse 1. We're going to read, read a few verses down here. Uh, it says, Then drew near unto him all the publicans and sinners for to hear him. Isn't it amazing that Jesus' ministry was a safe place for people that had done wrong and doing wrong? To me, if our church can't allow people to come or no one's coming that that are doing wrong or have done wrong, then I think we're missing something. Everybody say the church should be a safe place for sinners. And the Pharisees and scribes murmured. Probably if no one's murmuring about us, we might not be doing the right thing. And who was that? That was religious people. This man receiveth, look what they say. This man receiveth what? Everybody say, this church receiveth sinners. Oh boy. And eateth with them. Praise God. You know, I think I've read enough. I think the message is preached. We can go get a cup of coffee. How about it? Everybody say, Jesus ate with sinners. I'd like to teach you tonight from verse 4 through the rest of the chapter, really, and uh, on three types of backsliders. Three types of backsliders. Everybody say three types of backsliders. And we're going to end tonight on how the backsliders come back to God. And so if you want to... Uh, open your Bibles to Jeremiah 3 when you're seated. Uh, we, will, we will make reference to that in just a little while. But before you're seated, I want you to say, Lord, I want your heart and I want your mind. Go ahead, let's pray. Lord, let us be open to your word. Open to your spirit. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. And everybody says amen. You may be seated. I'm going to give you just a... a a sneak peek at what I'll be preaching Sunday. One of the verses at least that I'm going to be, a few of the verses at least I'll be talking about this coming Sunday morning. Isaiah chapter 32. Let's turn to Isaiah chapter 32. I want to read verse 1 and 2. And we're going to read 
verse 17, 18, and 19. Isaiah 32, verse 1 says, Behold, a king shall reign in righteousness, and princes shall rule in judgment, and a man shall be as an, what? A hiding place. A man, a man shall be a hiding place from what? The wind and a covert or a covering from the tempest. Goes on and says, as rivers of water in dry place, in a dry place, as the shadow of a great rock in a weary land. He said in that day that the king that reigns in righteousness, he said men become a shelter or a covert or a covering to people that are in a storm. A man becomes the safe place. A man becomes the covering. A man becomes the calming to the storm in somebody's life. I submit to you today, it is the purpose of the church to become the covert or to become the calming place for broken people. This morning, this was part, really was my devotion this morning with my children and and uh, uh, in verse nine, this is, if you look at verse nine for a minute, this is sort of how I woke up the house this morning, at least my two girls, I said, rise up you women that are at ease. That's how I woke my kids up this morning. Amen. Hear my voice, ye careless daughters. That was the wake-up call at the Bounds house. Amen. Here they came down laughing. They thought it was funny. And, uh, but it goes on to say in the same chapter, verse 17, and I like this because this represents us, and the work of righteousness shall be peace. When you operate in righteousness, God will always bring peace to your life. How many have witnessed that? When I lived right, peace followed me. It says, and the effect of righteousness... Listen, I, let, me, let me stop here for a moment. Since we've started church, there's been an awkward feeling in this room. There's been a whatever. I'm gonna tell you what the devil doesn't want. He does not want you to reign in righteousness. And how many gonna jump to your feet and say, we're gonna get God to move among us in this service. We're not gonna let any hindrance tonight. No hindrance. How many believe there's a harvest field waiting? How many believe it's the greatest hour of the church? Would you shout Hallelujah. You know what I've learned? In every transition, there are two voices. There's the voice of God and there's the voice of the devil. We are in a transition right now to the greatest dimension, the greatest place we've ever been. And the devil wants to do every single thing he can. I am convinced that he has sent reinforcements to Zanesville because prophecy is upon us and prophecy is unfolding. But I've got my foot on the rock tonight as the song says and my mind's made up. Devil, you can't discourage me. You can't push me back. I will see the hand of the Lord operate in our city. If you believe it, clap your hands and shout hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen, amen, amen. I want you to look at two or three people and say, I am going to be the covert. I am going to be the shelter for someone else that's in a storm. You may be seated. I, I told my kids today, 
hadn't even read the rest of the chapter. This is the chapter we read. I didn't told my, read the rest of the chapter and I told my children, I said, if you were out in a field somewhere and the wind began to hit and the trees began to twist and hell began to fall out of the sky right here on our property where you live, I said, that began to happen while you were outside. What would you do? Oh, and they said, Daddy, we would run to the house. That's what we would do. Why? Because the house is a safe place. They're down in Florida just yesterday, the day before, trying to figure out where they're going to go in the hurricane. They were looking for what? Everybody shout a safe place. Without reading that yet, I went on and I read, and the effect of righteousness, quietness, and assurance forever. Of my people, excuse me, and my people shall dwell in a what? Peaceable habitation and in what? Sure dwellings and in quiet resting places when it shall hell. My kids said this morning, they said, Dad, they said, you hadn't even read that yet. You already talking about it. I said, I believe God wants us to have this devotion. When it shall hell, when things come crashing down in your world, start destroying things that are trying to destroy you. He said, when it shall hell coming down the forest and the city shall be low in a low place. What he was saying was this, I have a place for you. I've got a quiet place. I've got a resting place. I've got a place of assurance that everything's gonna be all right. He said righteousness will bring us what? It's gonna bring an assurance forever. I know I'm supposed to be teaching, but I feel like preaching for a moment. There's nothing like the church that you get a blessed assurance. I know there's some storms, but I know it's gonna be all right. Somebody shout, it's gonna be all right. The church is a place where we find rest, where we find calmness, where we find security. The church should be a place where we find peace and things begin to be at ease when they're around us. You know, when I say church, you think of, you may be seated, this building. But the reality, you individually are the church. When you go to work, there's people that's going to have storms of life. Be honest, say, I can't wait to get to work to be around you. Why? Because you represent a calm place. They've watched your life for years, maybe months, and they see something about you that stands out. It's solid. It has a foundation. It's got a roof over it. It has a covering over it. And they realize if I could get near you, amen. Somebody told me that two Sundays in a row we had people to say, that's going through storms. If I could just get to the anchor, if I could just get one person had never been in this building, but they had met someone from this building, and they said, if I could just get to the anchor, could I tell you, I believe that we're gonna we're living in a in a in a society where people are in tempestuous storms. They're in 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 a in a chaos of confusion and trouble and I believe they're tired of what the world gives them. The Bible says that the blind lead the blind, they will fall into the ditch. They're tired of going to the ungodly and finding nothing more but more chaos, more hurt, more trouble. Can I preach to you? I believe we're living in a perfect storm for people to run to the church and say, I found what I've been looking for. I found what I need. 
Amen, 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 amen. Somebody shout hallelujah. hallelujah. Praise God. There's an old country song that said, I called my brother to ask for a loan because I was busted. He said, I hate to beg like a dog for a bone, but I'm busted. And my brother said, there ain't a thing I can do. My wife and my kids are all down with the flu, and I was just thinking about calling on you because I'm busted. I'm broke. That's what the song was called. I'm broke. That's where the world is. They go to their friends, and they don't have the answer because they're busted. They're broke. But I'm glad to tell you the church is put together. It's on a rock that can never waver. And that rock is Christ Jesus. Yes, the world's going to change. Chaos going to But there's a church. Brother Nehemiah, and he said it this way, up on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Could I tell this congregation on a Wednesday night, they killed him, they buried him, they tried to hold him, but could I tell you, he come out of that grave with hope and resurrection power. How many believe there's resurrection power in this room tonight to change every situation? Somebody say amen. Because of him, because of Jesus, we now have an assurance. Because of his righteousness, into our righteousness, we have a calm place. We have a peaceable, quiet place. A place of dwelling. A place that's stable. A place that we can go to. I go to the rock of my salvation. I go to the stone that the builders rejected. Amen. Psalm 61 says, hear my cry, O God. How many believe what I'm preaching tonight? Hear my cry, O God. And attend unto my prayer. He said, from the end of the earth, I cry unto thee. For when my heart was overwhelmed, the psalmist said, lead me to the rock that's higher than I. For thou hast been a shelter to me, a strong tower from my enemy. What I'm preaching is when you go through chaotic moments, there's a rock that's above the storm. There's a rock that's higher than the flood. There's a rock that's, come on, it's a, it's a stone. It's a, it's a place of shelter. Everybody shout, I run to the rock. When you understand this, that's what the church is for. If the church is such a great place, and we know it is, and how many love church? How many love being a part of the church? We know it's bigger than Zanesville and certainly this, the membership here. That's why Luke 15, let's turn there again. Verse 1 reads the way it does. Luke 15, 1, then drew near unto him all publicans. He didn't say some of them. What was a publican? They were tax collectors that were subcontractors to the, they were Hebrews, Sister Sherry, subcontractors to the Roman government and they would raise the price on taxes against their own Jewish Hebrew people to pad their pockets with money. In essence, they were considered thieves. 
But guess where the people that was robbing the people wanted to go listen and hear? They wanted to hear Jesus. He didn't have the ushers at the door saying, now all the publicans in town robbing all these precious people, don't let them in the building. He didn't do that, did he? What else did he do? What else did he do? He ate with them. He spent time with them. And I'm going to tell you, we'll never reach our world being, being isolated, having church in a building only, keeping church inside the four walls of the building, hiding instead of connecting. Amen. I think you're having good revival when you go out on the parking lot and there's cigarette butts laying everywhere. It could be worse, could be no cigarette butts out there. I said, I want to have such a revival, we have to put no smoking in the bathrooms. Amen. I thought that was funny. Not four or five of you thought that's funny. What does that mean? That means, that means people are coming to God. And you get up to some places, if somebody does something wrong or somebody does something they, they, they put out, people ought to feel comfortable coming to the house of God. People ought to feel they're welcome in the house of God. How many know what I'm preaching about right now? Amen. The alcoholic ought to want to be in the house of God. Do you believe that tonight? They ought to want to be here. Why? Because they can't be changed out there. They need a deliverer. And he's warming to them. Can you say amen? You know, the, the people at the crack house, the, the only conversation shouldn't be the next high. It should be. Have you heard? of so-and-so that's not doing this anymore. Because people can only do drugs so long then after a while they don't want to do it anymore. They, they're, they're, they're hooked and they're now. They're in bondage or slaves. And, and have you heard of so-and-so? They went down to church and they're not doing that anymore. And uh, my, my dream is that we're the number one conversation at the crack house and at the bar. Are you hearing what I'm saying? We cannot be condemning to people and judge them and make them feel welcome all at the same time. Jesus got around people and the only time he would expose sin in their life was to heal it, not to embarrass or to degrade. Well, I really feel break coming right now in this building. I'm going to say it again. If somebody sins, they shouldn't run from the church. They ought to run to it. Amen. And everybody in this room, you're on some level of sanctification. We, we were saved when we came to him. How many know that we were saved, we're being saved, and we will be saved? As we heard in the holiness series, amen, with Brother Woodward. He that endureth the end, the same shall be saved. God gives you time to work it all out. I don't believe when you come out of the water grave of baptism speaking in tongues that you, you know exactly how to live. I believe as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. You learn to not cuss anymore. I mean, no, you learn to lay things down that God doesn't want anymore. I was talking to a backslider one time, and I began to talk about coming to the church, and we sent letters out to uh, 150-some families, uh, uh, people that were backslid from the church, family members and friends and connection to the church, uh, 10 years, probably close to 10 years ago. And uh, people would call, and they may say, you mean I can come back to church? You would allow me to come to church. That's what they'd say. Well, one guy sat down with me and 
And he told me, he's, when we were sitting there talking, and matter of fact, he talked so good in a sense of conversation of upbringing, being in the church, I forgot that he wasn't in church. Uh, we didn't have a, a, a friendship bond. Just as we began to talk, he, Brother, Brother Gladman, he, he exchanged conversations that I forgot that he wasn't in church. And I began to talk to him as if he was in church because he's still part of us even though he's not with us. That's just the truth. They might be out of the church, but they're not out of his hand. They're not out of the hand of God. I mean, no, they might have, Eutychus fell out of the church, but he didn't fall out of the hand of God. God resurrected him. And I'm gonna prophesy to you what I feel, and I feel that awkward leaving because the devil doesn't want me to preach anybody out of bondage. I'm gonna tell you what's gonna happen. What seems to be dead, God's bringing resurrection power to He's going to resurrect what should have been, what should have died when it fell out of the church. The Bible says in Acts 20 that Eutychus fell out. Let me tell you why he fell out. He fell out because he was placed, he, 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 he found a window seat too close to the edge. Be seated. Let's turn to the book of Acts. Everybody say three types of backsliders. Let's look what it says. In uh, verse, Acts chapter 20 and uh, verse 7. And upon the first day of the week when the disciples came together to break bread. Look at your neighbor and say, we need fellowship. Amen. Paul preached to them ready to depart on the morrow and he continued his speech until midnight. You know, I might get a little long wind every now and then, but I ain't never preached until midnight. He talked till midnight, Brother Ron. Verse 8, are you ready? And there were many lights in the upper chamber. That was not LED bulbs that you could touch after been burning for three hours. That was candles. Everybody say, it's hot in here. Where they were gathered together and there sat in a window a certain young man named Eutychus. His name means fortunate. He's got it all. He, he's good. He's in the church. Being fallen into a deep sleep. How many's ever fallen asleep in church? Anybody ever fall asleep in church? I sometimes wonder how in the world I ever fall asleep in church. All those loud Pentecostal people. Preacher up there screaming, shouting. I remember one time I was at a youth camp. We stayed up all night pillow fighting. And... Uh, up all night. How many know youth camp? You stay up all night. And they had they had some guy as old as Moses teaching. The next morning, early morning. I mean, get in there and he's teaching. You know, I had no clue what he was talking about. We was all there. We weren't thinking about what the elder was saying. We just tired. We was all trying to stay awake. Seemed like it was seven a.m. Might have been nine. I don't know. But he's up there teaching. We was all trying to stay awake until I looked over and saw one of the board members over there. He was falling asleep. You know what you call that? Justification is what you call that. If he can. <laughs> and, and his falling asleep went something like this. Amen. Amen. He say, I mean, he spiritualized going to sleep, you know. Eutychus is in church. The apostle Paul is preaching and he falls into a deep 
sleep. And as Paul was what? Everybody say long preaching. It's biblical. And somebody else said, but Acts 4, 12 says, and the word of God was quick. <laughs> I think my jokes are funnier than what you're laughing tonight. I'm just going to tell you. And it says, Paul was on preaching and he sunk down with sleep and fell down from the third loft and was taken up dead. What should have been somebody on the front row or somebody that was left on the edge of the church. I submit to this congregation the reason people fall out of church is because they get too close to the edge. That's one reason we ask our young people to be gathered here and not in the back of the church. Why? We don't want them on the edge of the church. We want them as close to the fire as they can get. Can I get a witness? Amen, 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 amen. Somebody shout amen. Matter of fact, I see two of them back there. Run on up here. I'm not embarrassing, but run up here. Run up here because I'm preaching this. Come up here and get on the front row. I don't know how they ended up on the back row tonight, but I'm after them right now. Come on up here on the front row, Pastor. Well, I promise you they'll never get on the back row again. Y'all know that? They'll be talking about this when they're 70. You know why you don't want them on the edge? Because if they get too close to the edge. I've never seen somebody that walked on the edge of living for God fall in church. They always fall out. And I'm just going to hit this point and talk about the reason people backside and young people backside is because it's out of sight, out of mind. It, 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 it's, a, it's a concept to just, you know, we don't, we, don't, we don't need them around us. Just be seen and not heard. And it becomes a, a mature church, but there's no room for children playing in the church. Now, we're in the house of God. You need to... You need to quit running. I don't think any kid ought to run in the sanctuary, but there ought to be some room for laughter at least. And You know, we shouldn't be jumping on kids just because they got energy. We need Jay in this church jumping up and down and feeling like this is his church. We cannot have a church that makes young people feel it's not their church. How many of you are going to help me allow the youth and the children to feel this is my church? I can't wait to get to my church. It's my church. Hallelujah. Children ought to be able to say, I'm going to be the keyboard player. Finn's not here so I can say this. Don't say anything to him because I don't want to embarrass him. I had him in the, I had him in the prayer room uh, with me. And I've learned, I've learned at 41 years old as a parent of teenagers that you want your children to do something. You have to do it with them. You can't tell them what to do. You have to put them aside you and walk along with them for them to do it. I, I've been telling them they need to exercise, you know. But they don't exercise until I start exercising with them. Now they do it with me. Are you hearing what I'm saying? My goodness. Finn, we're in the men's prayer room and, and I'm taking them in there with me. I've changed some strategy of what I'm doing as a parent. But I'm in the men's prayer room and I'm sitting there praying and I've got, I've got, I'm sitting here Indian style. Our neighbor Braden, our family friend, friend of, friend of uh, uh, Finn is sitting beside me and Finn's right here. Sarah's on this side of me. We're praying in the men's prayer room. We start praying, just seeking God as any other time. All of a sudden, Finn leads forward, and this is what he says. This is what he says to Braden. I'm going to be the next pastor of this church. <laughs> he walked out of there. You have to know Finn. He gets a little John Wayne walk. 
That's sort of what he did when he killed his first deer. He came out of the woods and he, he, couldn't, he had to tell somebody. He walked up to the dog and said, I just killed my first deer. You know what I'm saying? I'm saying our kids ought to be excited to be involved in the church. I don't want them wanting to stay away. I want them to say, I got to get to the house of God. I like what pastor's been preaching about. It moved me last night when my son come home after an Elisha ministry meeting with Pastor Cody. And my son last night said, Daddy, I want to teach a home Bible study. Can I call so-and-so and teach them a Bible study? That's what we need. It's children to say, I want to be involved. I want to be plugged in. We don't have time to lose them to the world. Let's involve them in the church. I'm going to help you right now. Don't be too good to bring your kid to the church and clean some toilets every now and then. And they say, what are you doing? Say, we're loving God and we're loving people. We're loving God. We ought to bring our children every now and then. Let them sweep. My children love to come here and work and clean windows and do different things. They just love to be here because I've taught them there's nothing like the church. You feel what I'm preaching? It ought to be something we get ingrained inside of us. No, I can't believe it's Wednesday. Oh, my goodness, we got another church. on. He, he better preach a good one tonight. No, I can't wait to get to the house of God. Come on, how many want that ingrained inside? I think everybody in the building ought to jump to your feet and shout, thank God for the church. Hallelujah. I submit to you that he fell out because he wasn't involved. He fell out, Sister Tackett, because he wasn't plugged in. We've got to involve them. Be seated. Be seated. In every case, in every case in my ministry, when somebody pulled out of all of their ministries, they either left, they either backslid or went to another church. In every case that somebody had come to me and say, Pastor, I just need to take a break. Uh, well, I realize you're involved in five. Which one are you going to take a break from? No, I want to, uh, I'm going to pull out everything. I need a break. In every case, they're out of church. Because anytime you lose purpose, you lose hope. There's no forward motion. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That's the truth. Everybody say, get involved with your gifts and talents. Three types of backsliders. Here it goes. He spake this parable, what man of you have in a hundred sheep? Luke 15 and 4. If he lose one of them, doth not leave the ninety and nine in the wilderness and go after that which is lost until he find it. And when he hath found it, he layeth it on his shoulders rejoicing. He carries it home. He puts the sheep on his shoulder. 99, see, see, we're safe because we're together. But the one not here tonight in the state home is in a dangerous place. That's why the devil tries to get you to stay home from church. How many know what I'm talking about? I was talking to somebody earlier. They said, man, the devil, the devil, it was the devil the reason I couldn't be here Sunday. You called me, I was coming, and this, and this stuff happened. He said, I'm convinced of the devil. He said, I got to turn around now. I'll be there Sunday. I said, Amen. 
The devil doesn't want you to go to church. Look at your neighbor and say, the devil doesn't want you to go to church. He carries it home up on his shoulder because that's what the good shepherd does. Submit to you that the first type of backslider I mentioned about tonight was the person that backslid on accident. They just started working too many days overtime. Started missing Sundays because every time they try to go to church, a family member would stop by, a friend would call, the car broke down. How many know what I'm talking about? They were going to church, but something else got in the way. They, they got sick this week. Car broke down the next week. Unexpected family member coming the following week. Next thing you know, it's just easier not going than it is going. And they get lost on accident. They wandered away. I asked my friend one time, I said, how to, you don't answer my phone calls, you don't respond to texts. I went to his house and knocked on his door at 5.30 in the morning because he used to wake me up to pray at 5.30, so I repaid the favor. I did. I drove two and a half hours, went to his house. He said, what are you doing here? I said, you used to wake me at 5.30. I just thought I'd return a favor. Come on in. I said, why, why, aren't you, why aren't you going to church? He said, I don't know. I said, did you not want or are you offended? I said, I'll go to my knees right now and beg you to forgive me. He wouldn't even attend to my church. He's just my friend. We used to preach together. I did. I got on, my, got on his kitchen floor on my knees. I said, if I've done something wrong, eternity's too long. I want you to live for God. He said, that's not you. You've never done me wrong. He said, I just started working too much overtime. He said, one absence led to two, two to three. and Now I'm just away. I, I don't know. I'm just not going. I submit to you tonight that the first type of backsider tonight is the, is the sheep that just wandered away. Somehow out in the field it just got its eye on something and went the wrong direction. It's our job to find that sheep. Can you say amen? We're going to pray tonight. I, I'm trying to rush through this. The Bible says when he cometh home with the sheep on his shoulder, he calleth together his friends and neighbors saying unto them, Rejoice with me. Everybody shout, Rejoice with me. For I have found my sheep which was lost. No longer lost, but which was Lost. I say unto you that likewise joy shall be in heaven over what? A hundred. Ten thousand. Boy, when we say one sinner repents, we ought to rejoice. Come on. One sinner repents, we ought to rejoice. One backslider, we ought to rejoice. We ought to get happy over one. I believe we'll get happy over one. Amen. God will trust us with a hundred. Amen. He'll trust us with 10,000. Do you believe it? Shout amen. amen. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. You may be seated. He gives a second parable, and he, see, he says it this way, verse 8. Either what woman having 10 pieces of silver, if she lose one piece, if she lose one piece, doth not light a candle, sweep the house, seek what? Diligently till she find it, and when she hath found it, she calleth her friends and her neighbors together saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the what? The peace which I had lost. I lost the saint. 
the sheep that was lost, but the coin that the church lost. How can the church lose a saint that's now a backslider? I'm going to tell you how. Busy. Church gets so busy, it just becomes routine. becomes very methodical. Rush in and rush out. No time for the prayer room. Just go to the church. Are, are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Nothing's intentional. Just you got to go here. You, 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 you. We're very. Um, uh, how do we say that? We're very, very habitual creatures. How many know that? We, we go in. We, we, we get acquainted to the church. We make a, a few friends. We get a little together. If we're not careful. We have a little click going on. And, and uh, we come to the church. We go see the same people. Make the same connection. And what we don't understand is somebody over here is by themselves. And our busyness. We get so full of what we, we're doing. We're not aware of what's around us. And Ephesians 6 says, we need to be praying always in prayer and supplication for all the saints. Everybody shout, all the saints. What that means is you saints got to be more concerned about your circle of family and friendships in the church. Because somebody might be struggling it's not right that somebody stay home from church and nobody knows. Nobody cares. Man, I'm preaching to you. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? I'm preaching to the choir. This is the faithful people to come on Sunday nights. That's right. And you got to understand when somebody's absent, somebody's gone, somebody's not here, there ought to be somebody that recognizes that. But what happens in the second type of backslider is lost because the church is not intentional. The church loses them because they were busy. They had all types of programs. and Some people sometimes love ministries, but they don't love men. They love crowds, but they don't love people. How many know I'm talking about? Churches began to just be uh, uh, filled with stuff that really doesn't matter. I'm asking this. If somebody missed church, would you notice... Would you care? Would you call? Would you connect? Brother Nehemiah, the preacher should do it. But the church is not a preacher. The church is a she. She lost one of ten. And when she realized that she lost it, what does she do? Everybody say you got a clean house. Man, I, I don't know why I feel this way right now, but we can't leave everything. We, we can't be what was Catholic in the mindset back in the day of let the priest do it all. Let the priest be the one that prays and preaches and teaches. I'm going to tell you right now, this is much bigger than a preacher. You've got to take ownership of your own church. How many know there's backsliders that are valuable to God? And when she realized it was lost, she said, I'm going to clean the house until I find it. I, it's here somewhere. It's still here. You know what she was saying? It's been lost, but it's still valuable. How many want to find the lost coin in the church here tonight? Come on, I believe one phone call could bring them back in. I'm sorry I've been so busy. I'm sorry I haven't reached out, but you are needed at the church. Somebody shout hallelujah. Everybody say the lost coin. I think, I think sometimes we ought to get a broom and start sweeping our schedules. No time for people. God didn't call us just to attend. 
He told Timothy, this is going to save you and them that hear you. If our schedules are so full that it only benefits us, we're missing ministry. Can you say amen? I want everybody to shout, sweep your schedule. Sweep your home so you can find the coin. I believe there are literally hundreds of people in our region that are lost because of busy churches. Have y'all understood what I've taught tonight? The lost sheep wandered away. Who lost the coin? Everybody say the church lost them. Just didn't, just didn't notice somehow until when it was needed. Thought I had ten coins. We got to get involved with reaching lost people. Can you say amen? One more. The third type of backslider is they're rebellious. He's home. It's the prodigal son. Let's read it. I, I preached two weeks ago, so I'm not going to. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it. And he said, a certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that fall to me. And he divided unto them his living. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together, took his journey to a far country, and there wasted his substance on riotous living. Everybody say, a rebellious son. Please shout, lost sheep, lost coin, and rebellious son. Brother Castle? He can't chase rebellious sons. He went after the lost sheep. She swept the house till she found the lost coin. But you cannot chase rebellious sons. He did not leave the house for the son. Because they have to figure it out on their own. There's nothing better than the house of the father. How many know there's nothing like the church? Stand to your feet. Clap your hands and thank God for his word. Amen, 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 amen. I'd tried never in a million years to offend anybody in this church. I try to be as perfect in that. I even think after I was teasing my sister and scared on brother shook. I hope I didn't offend y'all talking about whatever. I never want to be offensive in anything that I say. Because I want the church as much as it can to be a place where people feel welcome and home. You go after the sheep, the lost sheep with Nehemiah. Brother Melik, you sweep the house until you find the lost coin. What do you do with rebellious sons? You keep the house clean. Keep the, the calf fed. You keep your binoculars right beside the window. How many know what I'm talking about? The shoes shined and the robe ironed and, and the ring ready. Because one of these days, the rebellious son's going to figure it out. I should have never left daddy's house. And I'm so glad that daddy's house hasn't changed. I heard of a story one time. I, old brother Withrow told the story about he went overseas and served in the military for a long time. He said when he came back home to go to his house, he said it was completely different than when he left in, in the military. He said everything had changed. The street had changed and the house had changed and everything was run down and tell this story. I remember thinking how sad that would be to leave a house full of life and you come down. It's run down. There's no hot bread in the oven. 
There's no warmness in the house. How many's ever seen Thomas Kincaid paintings? How many's ever seen that? The story behind Thomas Kincaid said he grew up in a cold house with a where the dad was an alcoholic, so there was never a warm moment in his home. He said that's why you see all the windows have smoke, have, have a glow in the window, have smoke coming out of the fireplace. How many's ever seen that Thomas Kincaid pictures? I've got two in the office. I like his like his paintings. He said, because when I was a little boy, I grew up without a warm home. And he said, all my life I wanted to have a warm place to go to. What I'm preaching to you about tonight is this church. It ought to be a place that when people are getting drunk on the bar stool somewhere, they're saying, man, I wonder what type of service they're having tonight. Come on, when the marriage is falling apart and the chaos is going on in the world of confusion and chaos and they're down the road somewhere and they're saying, I just wish I could go home. Come down the altar and lift my hands and feel a hot tear running down my face when I just feel God hugging me. You know, I don't belong out here in a pigsty. Hungry. No man given to me. That's what the Bible says about the prodigal. He reached a place where no man gave to him. He, he was fending for himself in a hog pen. But the Bible says he came to himself. I want everybody to shout, he came to himself. That's what the rebellious son has to do. they got to have an awakening moment that I go to my father. He'll let me come home. He'll love me. Somebody shout, he'll love me. Clap your hands and praise him as I close. <laughs> Ephesians 3 verse 19. In our shepherd's meeting today at a powerful move of God. It says, and Brother Cody brought this verse up. It's stuck in my spirit. And to know the love of Christ, which passeth knowledge, that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. I pray that what you get from preaching is the love of God. What you get from praise and worship is the love of God. That what you feel when you pull in the parking lot is the love of God. When you come into the foyer, you feel the love of God. And what we feel tonight is what God's calling us to do. Tonight and tomorrow, we are to intercede for the backsliders. There's three types. How many of you were ever backslid came back to the Lord? You were one of three. You were one of three. Just wandered away. Number two, it was the church's fault. Offended. Lost to the shuffle. Not cared for maybe the way you should have been. That's number two. That's she lost the coin. Number three, rebellious son. How many can relate with any of those three? Amen. I want everybody in the room, keep your hand up. Everybody in the room, look around. Look around. Look at everybody. Everybody take a moment. Look around. Look how many people were backslid. But you're coming back. A guy said to me one time, same guy that I forgot I, I forgot that he was even back to the way in a conversation in my office. I looked at him, I said, I want you to start coming to church. He said, come to church? He said, come to church? He said, but pastor, I dip snuff. That's what he told me, but I dip snuff. I said, I don't care. My favorite emoji. Jesus but I'm a publican 
Zach, just get down from that tree. I'm going to go have lunch at your house. I don't care. I looked at him. I said, I want you to come to church. You know what he told me? He said, I was taught if you weren't living right that you shouldn't go to the house of God. That if you don't have it all together, don't go. You might as well cancel all the church services for everybody. Come on, I'm not saying I'm not saying we're sinners, but what I'm saying is we're not Christ. There's none good, no, not one. I hear what my heartbeat is tonight. I really believe it's the heartbeat of God. And I said, I want you to come. I said, you're not going to get saved sitting on your couch watching TV, dipping stuff. But man, if you come and sit on the pew a few times. God's hand can reach in there and start working and changing and moving. And Come on, how many were a sinner when you came to the house of God but God saved you? Hallelujah. Lift your hands and begin to pray. Help your pastor pray. I'm almost done. Oh, Jesus, I pray. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Sing a song while they're praying. Oh, God. Help us reach these backsliders. Help us reach people. church being here. 